thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Can you believe that it's been 45 episodes and this is the 46th one in this season? Well, it's time for the season to come to a close, but we have covered so much about relationships. From work relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships, and general topics. We've gone through the full gamut. If you've missed any of the episodes, you can go to changesbigandsmall.com to tune in, or you can find the episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. I think it is appropriate for us to go full circle. And so while there is a new invitation in this episode, I will end this season with a replay of the very first episode of the season, which was titled, The Quality of Your Life is the Quality of Your Relationships. I believed that then, and I believe that even more strongly now, after all of the conversations I've had with experts and guests this season. If you disagree with this perspective or you have another perspective to share, I would enjoy hearing from you. So please reach out to me at contact at changesbigandsmall.com. We are designed for relationships. We actually have mirror neurons that only light up in our brain when we are in community. We don't know everything that they do but they seem to help us with identity and empathy, among other things. So what is a relationship? According to the Mental Health Foundation in the UK, a relationship is the way in which two or more people are connected or the state of being connected. Relationships include the intimate relationships we have with our respective partners, those we form with our parents, siblings, and grandparents, and those we form socially with our friends, work colleagues, teachers, healthcare professionals, and community. So we can form a wide variety of different types of relationships under different conditions and with different people. We can have distant relationships, medium relationships, or close relationships. Distant relationships are the ones that we have with people that we may come across infrequently and our relationship with them is built around a particular purpose. So for example, that could be your doctor or your language teacher or the person who works at a cafe that you go to every day. If you haven't gone to the next level of building a medium relationship. And that's mainly based on social environment, and it tends to involve the expression of positive emotions. There can sometimes be negative emotions, for example, at work or with casual friends, but the wide range of emotions is more prevalent in close relationships. And these are our loving relationships. This is where we aim to understand and to be understood to support and to be supported. Are you enjoying listening to this podcast? Please take a minute to review it wherever you're listening. This helps other people find the show. The psychologist Levinger 
I'm not sure how you say his name, developed the five stages of interpersonal relationships. And when he developed this, it came up about romantic relationships. However, other psychologists have explained that those five stages apply to all of the different types of relationships we might have. Those stages are acquaintance, buildup, continuation, deterioration, and ending. So for the first one, acquaintance. This is where we might meet somebody and feel some sort of attraction to them, or we could end up meeting somebody because of circumstances. This often happens at work or in the places we frequent. The second stage is build-up, and that is when we start to identify similarities with another person or people, and we start to build trust with them and be comfortable with them. Continuation is when a commitment starts to develop. This is where we're beginning to deepen our trust. And this is actually a great point for professional relationships as well as more intimate relationships. This is where we begin to have social currency as well. When a relationship is not that healthy, it then moves into the next two stages. The fourth stage is where we start to see deterioration. This could be because of a serious disagreement or because of a betrayal. It means that unless something significant is done, the relationship will move on to the fifth stage, which is ending. That could either be by choice, where each person decides that they no longer want to maintain the relationship, or it could be by circumstances. So for example, if we lose someone, that is also an ending, even though that's not something of our own choosing. Whatever type of relationship we're a part of, we want it to be a healthy relationship. Healthy relationships are among the most important needs of humans. They are helpful for our mental health, our physical health, and our feelings of well-being. We especially count on our medium and close relationships to be a source of strength when we're struggling and to help us build resilience. When there are no struggles and no adversity, our relationships are still important because they're supportive and they help provide meaning for our lives. This satisfies us cognitively, emotionally, and tangibly. In a healthy relationship, we feel understood, validated, and cared for. When our relationships are struggling or when they're in stage four or stage five, we begin to feel weak, needy, inadequate, indebted, guilty, controlling, over-involved. Our body expects interdependence, to have shared goals, and to have joint attention. When that doesn't happen, our body's response is to increase cognition and physiological effort. The brain goes into self-preservation mode, which then can increase loneliness and other negative effects, such as hypervigilance. We're always looking for threats. We don't really trust ourselves or others in different situations. Defensiveness. We find it hard to assume goodwill or to see the best in other people. Depressive symptoms can crop up. 
We begin to have more morning cortisol, so we wake up stressed after a full night's sleep. Actually, it may be difficult to get a full night's sleep because when our brain goes into self-preservation mode, it is difficult to fall asleep, to stay asleep, and the quality of sleep is decreased. The late Dr. Kachiopo used an analogy that made a great impression on me. He described the genes as a piano, the social environment as a pianist. So we can begin to see that much of what actually happens in our life, in our experience, is formed through our choices and through our relationships. Our social environment, the one that we create, the one that we curate, is a big part of the life that we live. Doctors Jim Cohen and Lane Beckers explore the idea of the self. I found it compelling that there is actually no self. We can touch our hands and our nose, but we can't actually touch ourselves. So what is this self? The self actually is more of a verb. It's a process that we go through. And it only exists and is defined through our relationships. We want to be in healthy relationships, positive relationships, because they help us develop healthy selves. When we have social networks and connections, we also have better physical health, and this protects us from cognitive decline. We'll be digging into some of the important elements of relationship this season. To prepare for the season, here are some topics for you to think about. When you think about the relationships in your life, how do each of the following concepts show up? Mutual respect. Reciprocity. Communication. The ability to deal with conflicts. Active listening. Establishing boundaries. Trust. These are some of the big ideas in relationship. And I'm very curious what matters to you in your relationships. Is trust the most important thing? Is commitment? What about excitement and play and fun and joy? Consider what's important to you in relationship, what's important to you to receive, and what is important to you to give. Now I'll end with a new invitation for you to wrap up this season. Sit for a moment and think about one relationship that you have that brings you joy. Someone you can laugh with, a person you can be yourself with, and that you can tell your secrets to. Do you have somebody like that in your life? If you do, I invite you to reach out to them with gratitude. Let them know how much they mean to you and how much you value their presence in your life and the impact they have on you. And if you don't have somebody like that in your life, is there somebody in your family or a friend that you started building a relationship with? Can you nurture that bud to grow into a strong relationship? Maybe the very first step is for you to be open to the possibility to be open to having conversations with people that you feel some affinity with, with people that interest you. One thing that we've mentioned throughout this season is that strong relationships, healthy relationships, take intention and action. They take work, but this should be work that is pleasurable. You should enjoy spending time with this person, doing things that are of interest to both of you, doing things that both of you find to be fun. 
whether or not this person is a family member, this could be one of the greatest gifts that you give to yourself. Because friendship with whomever it is, is something that we choose. We choose to spend our time with this person. We choose to provide care for them. And we choose to build intimacy with them. So to sum up, my invitation is to consider if there is one person that you feel this intimacy with in your life. And if there is, let them know how thankful you are to have them in your life. And if there is not, start taking action to build this kind of bond, to build this kind of relationship with someone that you can be there for and who can be there for you. If you're not sure how to do that, go back and check some of the previous episodes in this season. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. If you know someone who you think will benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with them. Remember, change begins with one small step. Have a great week.